serious episode, Austin. Okay. I'm excited to hear it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have any personality. <laughs> okay. So welcome to Mama Mystery. We had to do that three times, guys, because I keep getting told this is serious. I understand. I'm just... Okay. Right. Let's get started. I've been watching football all day. Kelly's been writing this story all day. I'm actually really excited to hear about it because I know it's like buzzing in media right now. He has no idea what's going on. No. So don't judge me because I get a little bit excited. <sighs> Let's go. All right. Roll it. So <clears throat> I want to take a quick second to shout out our new Patreons. So Tori Lane, Andrea Murray, shout out. Emily Ledbetter. Woo. Jennifer Williams Let's go. and Yomi Havron. Hell yeah. Thank so, you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Before we get started, can I say something? Yeah, go for it. There's some Mama Mystery merch going on right now. Oh, there is. Yes. I didn't want to talk about it I'm gonna talk during about this it. episode, but we can go ahead and talk about it real quick. We launched some merch. It's Spooky. on mamamystery.com. There's two things to choose from. If you're a Patreon, you get 20% off. Okay? And it's spooky. And it's spooky. And we'll talk more about it the next episode. And we're this is kind of like a bonus episode I'm releasing as this is going on. So, um, We've been on up-to-date stuff lately. Yeah, I mean, this is wild. Today we are talking about the disappearance of Gabby Petito. Um, I saw it on my Google headline when I logged in. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to hearing this. Okay. And it sounds really sad. I mean, yeah, it's it's an unfortunate case. Um, it's been all over social media. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen anything like this, Austin. Like, the the Murdoch family murders has been all over social media, and then I feel like this completely took social media by storm, and people aren't even talking about the Murdochs anymore. It's all about Gabby Petito. It's Which all the you see. Are probably a little bit relieved. I would assume they're probably relieved by that, but if you don't know who Gabby Petito is at this point or what's going on, you are either living under a rock or you're my husband, Austin Evans. Which I am living under a rock, apparently. <laughs> so, like I said, everyone's talking about it. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, it's huge. Highly requested that we cover it. So today, I'm going to cover everything that has happened so far. Which there was an update like an hour ago. Yes. This is wild. Um, we are recording on the night of Sunday, September 19th. So At 6.11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah. So I've done my best to culminate all the important stuff so far up until this very minute. Okay? So this is the case, or this is the episode you're going to want to listen to to get caught up. And I just want people to know that behind the scenes of Mama Mystery, I've been at home with the kids all day while Kelly's been writing all day at the office. Life of Mama Mystery. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> I think that's cool to know. It is. I mean, I I got a ton of requests on this case. I debated covering it because it, everyone is talking about it. So I was like, well, what new information am I going to have to offer? But I think I might be one of the first podcasts to be releasing an episode with the most recent update that just happened. So, I mean, I guess there's that. But let's go ahead and get started. So Gabby or Gabrielle Petito was born on March 19th of 1999 and raised in Blue Point, New York, which is located on the southern half of Long Island. Her parents are Nicole Schmidt and Joe Petito, who have since split and remarried. She 
graduated from high school in 2017, and throughout those high school years, she posted on her Instagram of various trips that she would take, indicating that she had a love for traveling. You could tell that she was very creative, a free spirit, just one of those, you know, cool girls. She traveled to Costa Rica and various beaches along the Atlantic coast of the U.S., and then started kind of gravitating inward towards the Midwest and the West Coast. She just really loved adventures. So in 2018, she reconnected with an old friend from high school. I guess they kind of grew up together. He was also from New York. His name is Brian Laundrie. And in March of 2019, they officially started dating. They seem to have a lot in common in regards to traveling, art, and just taking the road less traveled, right? In 2019, she posted a lot on her Instagram. In fact, it seemed as though her Instagram was kind of shifting, transformed, and dedicated to travel blog posts. Like, that was all she was posting about. But one thing I noticed while scrolling her Instagram feed was that she didn't post a picture of Brian until their one-year anniversary, even though a lot of those trips were taken together. And I'm not saying that's important. That's just something I noticed. So... Brian's family lived in Northport, Florida, which is about an hour and a half south of Clearwater and Tampa. It's on that Gulf side. And in 2019, Gabby and Brian moved to Florida to live with his parents while they saved up for money for their van life trip, which we'll talk about in just a minute. I guess they worked together at Publix. At one point, Gabby said that she was a nutritionist. So I'm not sure if she was like a nutritionist for Publix, but I know they were working together. So in July of 2020, Brian and Gabby went on what Brian described as, quote, a little romantic getaway to the mountains. On what day? This is July of last year, 2020. So they traveled to this venue. It's actually like a wedding venue, and it's called Deep South Farm, which is in northern Georgia. And it was here that he proposed to Gabby, and she said yes. In Brian's post, he wrote, quote, My biggest fear is that one day I'll wake up and it will all have been a dream because that is what every second has felt like since the moment we found each other. Till death do us part or until I wake up, I'm so happy the answer was yes. Love you, honey. End quote. And on Gabby's Instagram, she posted a picture from their first date, which was eating sushi together. And the caption that she posted said, quote, here's a picture from our first date because I have so much love for you. Brian asked me to marry him and I said yes. Brian, you make me, you make life feel unreal and every day is such a dream with you. Hashtag sushi on the beach, beach, hashtag fiance, end quote. So after they got engaged, they posted more about their travels and adventures with pictures and videos, and it was around this time that the pair started saving and planning for a four-month-long road trip from Florida all the way up to Oregon. They bought a 2012 Ford Transit van and converted it into this like teeny tiny home. I know people who have done that. Yeah, I've seen it done with vans, but at Ford Transit, that's small. small, That's really, really small. So the plan was to leave in July and drive it all across the U.S. to Oregon while stopping at like various national parks and eventually meet up with a friend for Halloween. 
So they created an account on an app called The Dirt, which is spelled with a Y. And this app is used by campers and adventurers alike to plan camping trips, read reviews about various campsites, and access or resources um, at locations all over the U.S. Okay, this is like a camper's dream. They also created a YouTube channel to document their adventure and their tips and tricks for living in a van. So, however, when you look at their page, there's only one video posted to that account, which as of right now has 2.2 million views. It's an eight when minute. Was it posted? Oh, go ahead. It, it's an eight minute long video called "Van Life: Beginning Our Van Life Journey," and it was posted on August nineteenth of two thousand twenty one. So they started their their journey in July, but they didn't post this video until mid August. They actually embarked on July second, and <clears throat> their first documented stop on their Instagram was at Monument Rock Monument Rocks in Kansas. Then they went to Colorado Springs and the Great Sand Dunes in Colorado. By mid-July, they made it to Zion National Park in Utah. That's like in the low southwest corner of Utah. And her captions would often either be really short with just a couple of emojis and a couple hashtags, or they would be maybe a paragraph long detailing their stop. Gabby's post that followed included a lot of beautiful national parks. They'd park their van and sleep either in the van or in a tent within the park. So in August, her post started getting more detailed, and you could tell that she was getting the hang of this travel blogging thing, and it was around this time that their first and only YouTube video aired as well. So Gabby was obviously working really hard at creating content for this travel blog that she was making. And she was also working on a website that never did come to full fruition. And right now, the page actually says that it's still under construction. Her Instagram pictures were beautiful, thoughtfully curated, as well as her captions. And her second to last post was on August 19th. And it was of her legs kind of like hanging out of the back of her van, just admiring the view with the caption about taking care of national parks. Was the blog or was the Instagram page gaining traction before this case? Not much, but the page as of now has over 500,000 followers. Holy crap. It's Gabs Petito, G-A-B-S-P-E-T-I-T-O. So her last name, yeah. Brian, on the other hand, made similar posts, but his last post was dated August 13th, and it was tagged in Moab, Utah. And the caption reads, this is so weird. The caption reads, quote, humans are primates, great apes, in fact, but I don't know all about how great we are as a species. Chimpanzees share 98.8% of their DNA with humans, our closest living relative, But as I see it, every living creature is in some way our relative, even trees. (laughs) Only 800 million years ago, animal cells started appearing on Earth, comprised of mainly blah, 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 more psychobabble, wannabe deep bullshit, essentially. Goes on to say, this tree doesn't require an Apple Watch. It doesn't stream its favorite shows or have a microwave oven, pay health insurance, or drink grande ice caramel macchiatos, which I take personally because I like that drink. But that's neither here nor there. 
It is just a tree, but you rarely see geese riding jet skis or wearing designer clothing either. So he was eating shrooms. <laughs> is what we're getting at. I mean, it is known that they like to toke a little bit, but this was more than marijuana. This is just weird. I mean, it's like you're you're trying too hard. Let's reel it back, reel it in, okay? Mm-hmm. So that post was made on August thirteenth, okay. August 12th. So I mentioned that Gabby's second to last post was on August 19th, right? But I want to venture back just a week to what wasn't seen on her or Brian's social media. On August 12th, Gabby and Brian were in Arches National Park in Utah when a call came into the Moab Police Department around 4.30 that evening. The report filed states in part, quote, officers were dispatched to report a domestic problem that had taken place near the Moonflower Co-op. It appeared that a male and female had left the scene after the male and female had engaged in some sort of altercation. It wasn't clear, but I believe it was reported that the male had been observed to have assaulted the female, end quote. Man, I already don't like where this is going. Like at the beginning, whenever you started saying they're going on a van adventure across the country in the middle of nowhere. mm Mm-hmm. It's just like, this isn't going to be good. So when the officer in the area goes to look for their van, he def- he finds them traveling on the highway, and he initiates a stop after he observed the van leave their lane and then strike a curb before coming to a stop at the entrance to a park. And the entire event is captured on the officer's body cam and it's all been uploaded to YouTube, but it's over an hour long. So if you want to watch the entire thing, it's there. But in summary, when the officer approaches... Did you watch the whole thing? I watched most of it. What the heck? So when the officer approached the van, Gabby and Brian were in the front seat with Brian behind the wheel. And Gabby is visibly upset. She's crying, sobbing. Actually, her tone is very calm and collected but she is talking through uncontrollable tears. And the officer just politely asks what's going on, why she's crying. And, you know, she says, we've just been fighting this morning, some personal issues. Um, I pulled a clip from this traffic stop, and I'm going to go ahead and play it for you now. What's going on? Why are you crying? I'm just crying. We've just been fighting this morning. (laughs) Some personal issues. It was a long day. We were camping yesterday, and camping got flies and stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hit the, the, the bump there. Some days I, <laughs> I have really bad OCD, and okay. I just I was just cleaning and straightening up the back of the van before, and I was apologizing to him and saying, "I'm sorry that I'm so mean because sometimes I have OCD and sometimes I just get really frustrated. Not like mean towards him. I just like I guess." My vibe is like, I feel like I'm here, like in a bad mood. You want to tell me about those scratches on your face? She hit herself on her hand, that's why I was pushing her away. Because I, she, she wanted to, I like the keys so I could walk away. I, I said, let's just take a breather, and let's not, you know, go anywhere, let's just calm down for a minute, she's getting a little worked up. And then she had her phone was trying to get the keys, and she was like, away. I was just trying to, I know I shouldn't push, but I was just trying to push her away to go, let's, let's just take a minute, step back and breathe. And you see, she got me with her phone. Can I see your hand? Oh, you got a mark right here. Oh, that's from a wire. That's from a wire? Yeah. You want to tell me about hitting that curb? Hitting the curb was her grip on the wheel. She tried to... 
So he says that he has a cut on his hand from a wire. I know it's kind of hard to hear because the feedback is kind of loud. But um, the gist of the altercation is that Gabby was cleaning and organizing the van when Brian climbed in with dirty feet, which irritated Gabby. So they got into this scuffle. Gabby was trying to get a phone from Brian. I've, I've read different reports. One said a phone, one said the keys to the van. Either way, Brian was trying to lock her out of the van. And according to the police report, Brian tried to distance himself from Gabby, saying that she needed to go take a walk to calm down. But she didn't want to be separated from him because she was afraid that he was going to take the, fan, the van and phone and leave her there. So she began slapping him, and he grabbed her face and pushed her back as she pressed upon him and the van. He tried to lock her out of the van and succeeded except for his driver's door or window. Again, there's two police reports, and they conflict. So it was either the door or the window. But she reportedly crawled through and forced her way over him and into the vehicle before it drove off. So... The reason the call was placed in the first place was because a bystander watched this whole thing go down and called the police himself. So when Gabby and Brian were pulled over and talking with police, that's when Gabby admitted that she had severe anxiety. Both Gabby and Brian desperately did not want anyone to be charged. In fact, Brian said, quote, I'm not going to pursue anything because she's my fiance and I love her. It was just a squabble. Sorry, sorry it had to get so public. So he was still referring to her as his fiance at this point. But when the police were interviewing her, they deemed her to be the aggressor because he did have some scratches on his face. And I mean, their, their stories lined up. So obviously she got really upset. It wasn't handled appropriately. And... Yeah. In the report, the officer wrote, quote, it appeared that this incident was more accurately categorized as a mental or emotional health break than a domestic assault. So the officer found Brian a hotel for the night and urged them to just cool off and stay separated for the rest of the night. So Gabby was going to stay in the van, which, by the way, is in her name, and he was going to go stay at a hotel. So it's also worth noting that in the report, Brian admitted to the officer that they both suffer from blank. I assume it says anxiety, but the word in the report has been redacted. So I think it says anxiety. That's just my guess. And that neither of them take medication for it. So that, coupled with the fact that they've been traveling in this teeny tiny van. Yeah, it could have been depression also. A lot of times those two things go together. Um, but they've been traveling in this cooped up tiny van for months. I mean, I don't like road trips. I, obviously they do. This is like kind of their thing, but like who wouldn't get a little stir crazy and maybe a little annoyed with each other after that much time together. I mean, yeah, they needed to take a break, but you know, a lot of people on social media chastised the cops for not digging into this incident deeper and, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but, you know, the cops were actually very patient and kind with both Gabby and Brian, and I think they really, you know, did their best in that situation. They did what they thought was appropriate. They separated them, and I guess it was actually one of their rules was like, okay, well, if you're not going to press charges, you at least have to go stay in a hotel for the night and stay away from each other. So do you know if that really happened? Yes. I mean, that's according to the police report. So it really did so, happen. 
according to the police report and Brian's statements and Gabby's. I mean, it's all recorded. Yes. Until then. Sorry, go ahead. So that'll happen on August 12th, right? August 19th, the couple finally debuted their one and only YouTube video titled Van Life, Beginning Our Van Life Journey. And in this video, it's eight minutes long. They're happy. They're smiling. They're kissing. It's thoughtfully edited, and it showcases the fun times they're having. And at one point, Gabby looks at Brian and admirably says, I love the van. And I want to point out that during the the incident on August 12th, when she's being interviewed by the police, she mentions that she was just under a lot of pressure and stress because she was trying to create content for her travel blog. And it was kind of hard to understand, but I think she said he didn't believe that she could do it. Like there was some sort of imbalance in support, right? So she's trying to create this YouTube video and I think maybe he made her feel badly about it or maybe was questioning her and making her feel inadequate. Like, I don't know, but that was one of the things that she was stressing. So August 23rd, 24th. Okay. So, um, the video was debuted August 19th, the 23rd or 24th during this whole trip so far, Gabby kept in regular contact with her family, especially her mother, Nicole Schmidt. And cell service was pretty spotty, so she would call or text when she was able to or when she was getting Wi-Fi from a local coffee shop. But their last FaceTime call was either on the 23rd or 24th. And I don't understand why you couldn't just like look at your records and confirm what date it was, but it doesn't matter, I guess. Gabby told her mom on that FaceTime call that they were leaving Utah and they were driving to Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. And after that call, they exchanged a few texts. And on the 24th, Gabby is seen on surveillance footage checking out of a hotel in Utah. We don't know which hotel. That information hasn't been released, but it is confirmed that she was leaving the hotel on the 24th. Were they staying in hotels throughout this process or just in the van? Like, is that normal? I think for the most part, they were staying in the van. Okay. But so it's not like fishy that they were in a hotel? No, I don't think so. I mean, they might have even stopped at a hotel to kind of like shower. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The next day, August 25th, a post is made on Gabby Petito's Instagram. And this is the last post on her Instagram. And it's of Gabby holding a crochet pumpkin and the caption reads happy halloween it's august 25th but she's standing in front of like a mural for a monarch butterfly she's holding this pumpkin the caption says happy halloween with a fly emoji and a pumpkin emoji and there's more pictures of her in front of this wall and then the very last one is just a a blurry picture of her reflection in a mirror so Like I said, it's posted August 25th, but a lot of people think that it's possible this picture wasn't actually posted by her because it seems really out of character in regards to her previous posts. She had been making all these posts, creating content for her travel blog. All of her captions were at least a paragraph long at this point. So to suddenly revert back to two emojis and a two word caption just kind of caught people off guard. Right. I'm looking at it right now and it's... Yeah, it's kind of random. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't line up with all the other stuff that she was posting. 
So then August 29th, okay, this actually didn't come out until two days ago, but we know now because of a TikTok user named Miranda Baker that Brian was in the Grand Teton area on the 29th and she posted this TikTok. So I'm going to play the sound for you. Hi, my name is Miranda Baker and on August 29th, my boyfriend and I picked up Brian at Grand Teton National Park at 5.30 at night at Coulter Bay. Um, I'm hoping this can help someone identify him because I saw him from TikTok, which then made me call the authorities and um, my boyfriend and I have been in contact with a bunch of different people to help um, piece together different parts of this case, but we picked him up at Coulter Bay, like I said, at 5.30. He approached us asking us for a ride because he needed to go to Jackson, which we were going to Jackson that night. So I said, you know, hop in. Um, he hopped in the back of my Jeep. We then, you know, proceeded to make small talk. Um, but before he came in the car, he offered to pay us like $200 to give him a ride, like 10 miles. So that was kind of weird. Um, he then told us he's been camping for multiple days without his fiance. He did say he had a fiance and that she was working on their social media page back at their van. Um, then once like in conversation I brought up yep like we're going to Jackson um he freaked out he's like nope I need to get out right now um you know like pull over so we pulled over at the Jackson Dam which I don't know if you're um if you know like Teton Park but it's not very far from Coulter Bay and if this does like reach people I can post pictures of you know exactly where we were we picked him up and the whole route or whatever and like screenshots of like the timestamps. we dropped him off at 609 p.m on August 29th um he kind of like hurried out of the car and then he's like okay I'm just gonna go find someone else to you know hitchhike and we're like okay um it was a weird situation so when we picked him up he was wearing a backpack he had a long sleeve pants hiking boots and he had like scruff um but he didn't look dirty for someone who was camping for multiple days like he didn't look dirty he didn't smell dirty so that part was kind of weird um and I'm just really hoping that they find her and this this helps someone like remember seeing him or you know something like that Okay, so... Super weird that he wants to go 200 miles away whenever his girlfriend, his fiance is at the van make, working on social media. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't really align. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff. She, I mean, she mentioned when he got into the vehicle that they were going to Jackson, and then when they said it again, he was like, oh, no, I can't go to Jackson, and that's when he hopped out of the car. So it's just really suspicious. Mm, it's like weird. It's just bizarre. So, um, but we know that August 29th, he was at Grand Teton in Wyoming because this girl just confirmed it. So... August 30th, Gabby's mom received a text from Gabby that says, quote, no service in Yosemite, end quote. But unbeknownst to Gabby's parents, the van was back in Florida just two days later. Brian drove it, but Gabby was not with him. Wait a second. Yeah. August 29th. Yes. Sends a text. She does, supposedly. No, no, no. August 29th was when he got the ride from Miranda Baker on TikTok. The following day, August 30th, she 
Gabby's mom Fine. receives a text from Gabby that says, no service in Yosemite. Okay. Okay. Two days later, on September 1st, Ryan arrived back at his parents' home in Florida, okay, in the van. And just for some perspective, if Gabby sent that text saying she was in Yosemite, I Googled this, the drive from Yosemite to Northport, Florida is 2,740 miles or roughly 40 hours, So unless he left Gabby in Yosemite and she failed to tell her parents that even though she had her phone to text her mom that there was no service, like she would have said, hey, he left me here. So remind me, where's where's her parents live? Her parents actually live in um, New York. Right. So, okay. So when he gets home, he gets home with the van. In Florida. He's at his parents' house. Mm -hmm. And she's not with him. Correct. And, but the last, but her parents don't have any clue that they're in Florida. No clue. Okay. No clue at all. So then it was likely Brian who sent that text from Gabby's phone. They were never actually in Yosemite, and he was already on his way back to Florida when he sent that text from Gabby's phone to Gabby's mom. Thought, I'm going to buy some time here. Exactly. Like, I'm going to just establish a timeline or an alibi. Mm-hmm. Cell phone records have been subpoenaed, to my understanding. However, those reports have not been released or made public if they've even been made available yet, because I know sometimes those things can take time. However, once they get them, they can obviously gather information from her cell phone pings, Brian's cell phone pings, to give a better, more truthful timeline of those days. But as the days went by, without a word from Gabby, her parents grew more and more concerned. And at this point, they had no idea that Brian was already back in Florida. When they found out that he had returned without her, Gabby's parents reached out to Brian to ask where Gabby is, and he refused to respond to them. When so was that? Do you know? That was between September 1st and September 11th. So Gabby's mom starts calling around to various national parks to ask if anyone had seen Gabby or if there were any accidents reported. They also started reaching out to law enforcement for help. And finally, on September 11th at about 7 p.m., the Suffolk County um, Police Department in New York agreed to file a missing persons report on Gabby and open an investigation. So when the police in Florida went to the laundry home that same night, his parents answered the door and handed them their lawyer's phone number, refusing to answer any questions and refusing to offer Brian to the authorities. So imagine that, okay? Your daughter is missing and you go to the last person that you knew to be with her. He's not talking and his family's not talking. So now his family's in on it. Yeah, they know something. And even if they don't know anything, but they're refusing to help, you're a piece of shit. And I'm just going to put that out there. I don't care what ends up happening. I already know a lot about what has happened so far up to this point. And I've already thought about how I feel about this case. And I'll kind of elaborate further later. But God, how shitty. Parent to parent, mother to mother. Mm-hmm. How could you just let another mother sit and wonder where their child say, is? talk to my lawyer. And say, talk to my lawyer. You're a piece of shit. I don't care who gets upset over me saying that. You are. Okay, so Gabby's family released a letter to the Laundry family. Okay, this is through their attorneys, and it was announced 
uh, publicly, saying, quote, We believe you know the location of where Brian left Gabby. We beg you to tell us. As a parent, how could you let us go through this pain and not help us? As a parent, how could you put Gabby's younger brothers and sisters through this? End quote. I can't even imagine. I just can't. So by September 15th, Brian was officially named a person of interest in Gabby's disappearance, but he wouldn't make himself available to be interviewed by investigators. Instead, his attorney issued this statement on his behalf saying, quote, many people are wondering why Mr. Laundry would not make a statement or speak with law enforcement in the face of Miss Petito's absence. In my experience, Intimate partners are often the first person law enforcement focuses their attention on in cases like this. And the warning that any statement made will be used against you is true, regardless of whether my client had anything to do with Ms. Petito's disappearance. As such, on the advice of counsel, Mr. Laundry is not speaking on the matter. I have been informed that the Northport police have named Brian as a person of interest in this matter. This formality has not really changed the circumstances of Mr. Laundry being the focus and attention of law enforcement, and Mr. Laundry will remain silent on the advice of counsel. End quote. I think, like, I don't know a lot about crime, but I think that this is like, if you aren't willing to talk when your fiance or your wife or your other half is is missing, if you have some, if you don't have anything to do with it, you wouldn't hesitate at all to get on the media, shout it from the rooftop. Somebody help me find my wife, yes. my fiance, whatever. Exactly, and so that to me, is it's what like a red flag immediately. Oh, for sure, and everybody knew it. Everybody that has talked about this case has talked about how your silence is speaking volumes. Your silence is reeking of your guilt. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. He's already guilty by the press, you know? So on the 16th, Brian's sister, Cassie Laundrie, gave an exclusive interview with Good Morning America. In the interview, she said she had not spoken to Brian or Gabby. She said, quote, obviously me and my family want Gabby to be found safe. She's like a sister to me and my children love her. And all I want is for her to come home safe and for this to just be a big misunderstanding, end quote. So that was pretty much good for nothing, just like the rest of her family. She didn't offer any kind of new information. She hasn't talked to Brian, allegedly, hasn't talked to her family about it. So I don't even know what the purpose of that was, but whatever. On, I guess, to get her face on GMA. I don't know. You're useless. So on September 17th, authorities in Utah announced that Gabby's case had no connection and is not related to the double homicide case involving Crystal Turner and Kylan Schultz. So they are a newlywed lesbian couple that went missing August 16th in Moab, and then they were found murdered two days later. And Moab, if you'll remember, is where Gabby and Brian were pulled over on the 12th following that altercation. Damn, I'm sitting here like I think it'd be fun to go out to all these places and all these people are getting killed. Yeah, so there was a lot of spec. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I'm just gonna skate past it. So oh, there so was your comments irrelevant. I'm gonna keep no, going. I Go mean, ahead. It, it, is it is just I kind of it. bizarre. Yeah. It's coincidental. There was a lot of speculation on social media that these two stories were related, and that maybe Brian had something to do with the death of these other two women. But it has been confirmed that they are not, in fact, related. So I'm just throwing that out there because a lot of people talked about it. 
So that same day, September 17th, police came out and said that the Laundry family's attorney contacted authorities because the family wanted to discuss his whereabouts. So just when you think they're finally like, hey guys, come on over, we have some info, we want to help. No. They came over to tell police... Sorry, police came over to the Laundry family's house so that the Laundry family could tell them that they hadn't seen Brian since Tuesday. So three days had gone by without any known location for Brian. So now police... He bounces, now he's even more guilty. So police came to the Laundry home that day to gather items they could use for a scent to help locate Brian. And the Northport Police Department released a statement saying, quote, We understand the community's frustration. We are frustrated, too. For six days, the Northport PD and the FBI have been pleading with the family to contact investigators regarding Brian's fiance, Gabby Petito. Friday is the first time they have spoken with investigators in detail. It is important to note that while Brian is a person of interest in Gabby's disappearance, he is not wanted for a crime. We are not currently working a crime investigation. We are now working a multiple missing persons investigations. End quote. To me, it seems like he went home. He told his family, hey, I'm in some deep shit. We can't talk to them. They tried to get it out of him. Then they said, hey, talk to our lawyer to figure out what was going on. Went back to him and said, what the hell is going on? He told him. And then they said, we're not backing you. And so he bounced. And then they waited a few days and then called. So well, then they could clear themselves. That's what it seems like. Maybe. I think what happened was, because I know that when police went to the laundry home, they refused to discuss Gabby. They would only talk about Brian and where he was because at that point they hadn't heard from him in three days and with everything going on. They refused to discuss Gabby? Correct. Because I think they know. And that is very that's just possible. A that's just my theory that I'm developing as, we, as I hear this. No, I think that's a very plausible argument. I think that's very likely. Mm-hmm. So anyway, police department releases this statement. The following day, a search was underway for Brian as he was considered a missing person which, I'm sorry, can I just pause to discuss the irony here that now Brian's family is calling the police to help search for their son when they couldn't give two shits about helping to find Gabby. And now your son is missing or otherwise hiding on the run, whatever. I just think, what a waste of resources. Go find him yourself. He's your problem. That's how I feel. So... um, Anyway, the following day, the search was underway for Brian, and Gabby's family released a statement saying, quote, all of Gabby's family wants the world to know that Brian is not missing. He is hiding. Gabby is missing, end quote. And I love... I'm glad she stuck up for her. Yes. I'm so glad that they released that statement, because let's not lose focus of who's really in danger right now. Right. Brian's family told police that they believed Brian went to the Carlton Reserve in Venice, Florida earlier that week. They believed he was hiding out. According to an article in ABC, or by ABC7 in Sarasota, Florida, the police confirmed that Brian's Mustang was picked up by the Laundry family at the Carlton Reserve. And his See, family it. drove know. it home. They know. It's a, it's, it, what it feels like to me is it feels like 
parents trying to, like, they know their kid is wrong, but they really don't want to see them go down. Mm -hmm. And so they're, like, trying their best to, like... Protect him. Not be involved, but also protect him. And so it's like, hey, we'll come get your car and we'll tell him in three days that you're missing. But we're not going to have your back on this because you did the wrong thing. (laughs) And we don't have your back, but I understand we don't want you to get in trouble. So go ahead and run for your life. That's what it feels like. The did, fact did you that, think that is all this was going oh, through? Oh, absolutely. Okay. The fact that they went and picked up the car, they found the car at the reserve and drove it home. We'll drive it home for you, Brian. What it like what were you thinking? Like what How were the plausible theories? Exactly. Like you you find his car at the Carlton Reserve rather it. than stay there and find him and leave it there so that in case he comes back to the car, he can drive it home. Mm-hmm. You drive it home and you you tamper with what could be evidence. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Oh, so anyway. Um, so this the, is like September 18th, 17th? Yeah, this was the 17th, I believe. So this is Friday. Yes. And this is Sunday. This is not. Today is Sunday, yeah. So this is all happening in real time. So the Northport police did say that it was possible that Brian could have hurt himself, which is what I think we are all thinking at this point. But it's possible that he didn't. Um... So, yeah, I mean, that's a theory. Yes, he could have gone to the reserve to commit suicide. And I don't think anyone would be super surprised by that if he did. Um, But I think it would be a really cowardly thing to do, considering you're the only one who at that point knows what happened to Gabby and where she is. Keep going, because I'm anxious to know what happens. Yeah. Okay, so as I was writing this... I got a huge update So wait, through, before you started writing, was this as far as you were? Yes. Okay, go. Literally, like, it happened as I was writing today. Um, I got a huge update through FBI Denver's Twitter account announcing, quote, our law enforcement partners will provide an update in the investigation into Gabrielle Gabby Petito's disappearance, end quote. And this was following the news that a body had been discovered in Grand Teton National Park and that the county coroner was on the scene, which is a very, very bad sign. So I, of course, logged on. Why is that a bad sign? Mm -hmm. Well, when a coroner arrives on the scene, it confirms that a body has been found. And when the last known place that we know Gabby was was Grand Teton National Park and a body is found, I mean... Of course, you hold out hope that maybe it's something else. Maybe I literally myself for a split second thought, you know, with so many people on this case and talking about it, so many people volunteering and searching for her, maybe it's possible they found somebody else that isn't her because who knows? People get lost out in the woods all the time. Like I just was hoping, hoping, hoping that it wasn't Gabby. So I logged on to watch this press conference live tonight at five. So that was just a couple hours ago. And literally, I, I was going to try to just type what I was watching, but I couldn't. I did record it on my phone. So I'm going to just play you the sound clip now. First and foremost, on behalf of the FBI personnel and our partners, I would like to extend sincere and heartfelt condolences to Gabby's family. Joe and Tara Petito, and Jim and Nicole Schmidt. As every parent can imagine, this is an incredibly difficult time for the family and friends. Our thoughts and prayers are with them. We ask that you all respect the privacy 
as they mourn the loss of their daughter. As you are aware, FBI personnel, in coordination with our partners at National Park Service, the Forest Service, Teton County Sheriff's Office, and Jackson Police Department, have been conducting an investigative activity in the vicinity of the Spread Creek um, dispersed camping area. Earlier today, human remains were discovered consistent with the description of Gabrielle Gabby Petito. Full forensic identification has not been completed to confirm 100% that we found Gabby, but her family has been notified of this discovery. The cause of death has not been determined at this time. We appreciate your continued support and patience as we work through this process. The vicinity around Spread Creek Campsite will remain closed to the public until further notice. This is an active and ongoing investigation, so we ask everyone maintain distance from law enforcement personnel and equipment, vehicles and related activity for their own safety, as well as to protect the integrity of our work and respect privacy for Gabby's family. So the conference goes on for a while, but I mean, you get the gist. That is super sad. Yeah. I watched it and how can you not watch it or listen to it and hear his voice quiver? That was Charles Jones, the supervisor for FBI Denver. Um, I just, it's absolutely gut-wrenching. I felt like my heart was actually getting ripped out of my chest as I watched it. Like full-bodied chills. I just felt sick. Super, like super sad. Imagine what the family feels like. And to think that this guy is chances are Mm -hmm. if he didn't kill himself he's out there watching this Mm -hmm. planning his next move to hide or whatever it is which now that i know this part of the story it wouldn't surprise me if he did kill himself Mm -hmm. but it's just like you know i don't know i you know this is um obviously a podcast where sometimes we discuss our opinions right i it's not just solely to share facts of a case like I know there's some podcasts out there that are like that, and we have personality. I I think that's what makes the podcast. Yeah, like it's not. It, if, yeah, if possible to say that. Yeah, and I I think I speak for a lot of people when I express our opinions. You know, um, but I just I don't know. My heart just breaks over this case. These are real people. The fact that like they were seen on August 12th in this altercation and to see how upset Gabby was and then to find out so much stuff that came out through the woodwork as this was going on. Like friends of hers came out and said that Brian was often controlling and jealous and um, wouldn't allow her to have other friends and would even take her ID so that she couldn't go to a bar and then made her turn off her location sharing so that her friends couldn't see where she was. Like sometimes friends will share their locations so they can keep each other safe. Right. He made her turn hers off and I, for what? Like you're, it's her friends. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, she moved to Florida to be with him, left her family in New York. Right. And she had one friend in Florida that she met through Bumble BFF. And this friend says, you know, I was probably her best friend and her only friend. And it wasn't because she couldn't make friends and that she wasn't friendly. It was because he wouldn't allow her to have friends. Yes. But you see that. We've talked about this before in the past. These relationships where people are so effing controlling. Yes. And it's like, it's, it's, it's terrible. I don't know how people like. 
fact is there's some things in life we're just not going to be able to change or impact but like people are always going to be in relationships where they're controlling it's like i don't know why people put up with that i don't know why people put so much of their stock in the other person and like it's so manipulation be, yeah and so much can be solved with just communicating but people are jacked up and so yeah it's manipulation and so I had uh, multiple thoughts on this. First of all, what stuck out to me is the fact that he said they were both on medicated. So if they're both struggling with anxiety or depression, trying to communicate reasonably when you're going through like a manic episode is nearly impossible. So that stuck out to me thinking, man, it's hard enough to control even when you are uh, medicated to control yourself during a manic episode, right? Like it's hard to communicate and, you know, effectively, I guess. So that to me is kind of a red flag. Like they're untreated for these conditions. And then you see their social media and their travel blog and everything looks happy and their posts are positive. Which happens all the oh time. Oh my gosh. It's the I've tale as old as time. I've literally known people like, this is multiple people who you, you think they're breaking up, you know they're miserable, whatever. And they're posting super happy things as they go through it. Mm-hmm. And it's like... For what? Who are you trying to prove? Yourself? Are you trying to, to prove to yourself? People, you're trying to impress people with how happy you appear. Like, think of how stupid it is. Yeah. Facebook and social media is just a huge facade. Everyone puts their best face forward. It's a highlight reel. And this just goes to show we have these cases all the time. Chris Watts. People said that... This guy, Brian Laundrie, was giving major Chris Watts vibes because of his demeanor and how he seemed like this perfectly normal guy. And Shanann would always constantly post about their family and how perfect it was on social media. And then he snaps and annihilates his wife and two kids. I mean, it just blows your mind. You think you know somebody, but how well do you really know anybody? Um, so, yeah, that is... All I have on this story so far. So I mean, I that the is next update will be on him. the next update is going to be that he's been found dead or alive. I don't, I don't for know. Sure that's what it's going to be. That's what it's got to be. I mean, at this point, I'm sure her cause of death will be revealed. You know, I thought for a second, what if she fell and it was an accident and her, yeah, but, did, did but then why her? would he stay quiet? Did he push her? I mean, she's not going to. Yeah. Exactly. He's, the dude's guilty. Like, He's guilty. I mean, I know you're innocent until proven guilty. But in the court of his Austin, action in the court of Austin, you're guilty. Court of Austin. The yeah, his actions just yeah, I'm not buying it. Um he had something to do with it. I know as well as I know the sun is going to rise tomorrow that he caused her death and I would stand by that 100%. Anyone with a brain has to just know that. So that is it for today's episode. I can't think of anything else wild. off the top of my head. I know well, there was a it, lot. I couldn't have gone out and read an uh, article and figured out all this stuff. I, I did read a lot, and I put them all in the sources of the script. You so cite if, all your sources every time. I do. Holy crap, so if you are a Patreon member, you can yeah, access the script that. to every episode, and I always put the sources at the bottom. There might be like one or two rogue episodes where maybe I forgot. I, did, I don't know. But this one has all the sources. So if you're interested in accessing that, our Patreon is patreon.com slash mama mystery. And we appreciate the Patreons. Yeah, absolutely, 1,000%. Any, so, any update on Murdoch? No, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I just wanted to focus on on, on Gabby and her family. Keep her and her family in your prayers. I can't even imagine. But I know there's a lot of people thinking of them, so hopefully that's at least a little comforting. I don't know. Mama, mystery, out. Bye. Have a good week. Mm-hmm. <laughs>